Hello everyone and welcome to Embodying Your Higher Self, Tools for Conscious Living. My name is Michelle Tampaka and in just a few moments our special guest Melinda Genesee will be joining us. So just sit back and relax and we'll be right with you. Michelle, I'm doing well. How are you? Oh, awesome. Great to have you on the show. And um, let me just uh, introduce you. So welcome, Alinda Genesee. She's a recent graduate of my six-month shamanic mentorship program. And she has also trained with uh, Myra Coral in Siberian shamanism and Colleen Harris in how to be a deaf doula which I definitely want to ask you more questions about that. Additionally, Melinda did further studies with shadow work with Melanie Ryan and plant spirit medicine with Corrine Gordonier. And she's also a member of the Native American um, tribe, the Inipi. So, wow, what an amazing uh, background you have in shamanism, Melinda. I, I didn't realize how much uh, training you've done. That's awesome. Yeah, it's it, it never finishing, you know, it's never, never done. <laughs> I know, I know. For me too, you know, I, I love learning and I feel like um, it is a lifelong journey, isn't it? We're always learning and, uh, yes. and growing in this path. So I'd love to hear more, a little bit more about your journey um, regarding your, your spiritual journey and how you kind of came from where you were to where you are now. Yes, well, um, I would say that the biggest change, there were many changes in my life. Um, I was always looking for something, um, for more, for deeper to understand, um, to understand the world, myself, um, as many of us. and somehow the bits of information I was getting wasn't satisfying enough. And I heard, I, I think it was 2015, where I first heard about ayahuasca. And while I never done any kind of drugs, somehow it got my interest. And I started to do a lot of research on it. 
I read books about it. I listened to uh, interviews and podcasts and something in me just formed that I have to do it. And it's one of those things that like my rational mind would never do anything like that, but somehow I just had to do it. And in 2017, I had an opportunity to participate in a ayahuasca ceremony and um, some of the journeys uh, what ended up with uh, was, I could say nothing pleasant. Actually for me, uh, it was a very difficult and dark journey. And when I came out of it, I was very confused and didn't understand why all the people have this beautiful experience. <laughs> and I had to go to this darkest, deepest place. Um, and But it gave me something. Um, when I was in, in this deepest despair and darkness, uh, this amazing power came in me and I just felt so powerful. I felt that I have this power, which I guess I always knew I had unconsciously. Uh, and when I say power, I don't mean power, you know, for others, but power within me, um, who I am. And I, when I came out, I, that memory stayed with me and somehow a word came up to me, shaman. And I didn't know much about shamanism. I started to research it and I just knew at the moment that I have to be exposed to it and learn um, as much as I can. And I started to look around people where I live. Um, I wanted someone really authentic, you know, and um, I found uh, Myra. She was my first, te first teacher, um, like an hour away from me, and I started to train with her. And then, of course, that opened the door to all kind of other things now I'm part of and I'm doing. Wonderful, wonderful. And, um, you know, it's interesting, you know, of course, part of this show, sometimes it comes up about plant medicine. And you mentioned uh, your own experience with ayahuasca and how it was really challenging. And um, a lot of people don't realize, you know, because it's become so trendy, right? They're, you know, yes. do a magic mushroom ceremony or let's go do an ayahuasca ceremony and um yeah i just wanted to put a side note about that um, i am a plant medicine facilitator for um, psilocybin for magic mushrooms and i've been seeing lately you know in the past few years a kind of irresponsibility that's been happening with these yes. facilitators yes and the danger of that so i just want to caution the listeners to really investigate who is the facilitator you're considering doing a journey with? Like, what is their experience? How long have they been doing this? Mm -hmm. What do, what do uh, other um, participants say about their experiences with working with this particular plant medicine facilitator? And, you know, a lot of people just don't even think about it. They're just like, oh, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna have a good mm -hmm. time. And I had a client recently where her and her friend were literally just, you know, told, yeah, do the ayahuasca, I'm going to bed. And the person, uh, I won't name who they are, but they literally went to bed and left them on their own to do ayahuasca. And I was just like, oh my God, I was appalled. And she yes. had a very uh, terrifying experience 
which uh, I won't go into too much, but basically suffice it to say, uh, eight months later, she's still trying to deal with the trauma of that experience. Uh, so yeah, I, I just, um, I definitely am a supporter. Uh, of course, I'm a, you know, facilitator of psilocybin, so I'm not, um, I'm not anti, um, plant medicine, but I just really want to caution people to really investigate who is your facilitator and are you in a, a state of sound mental health that you are able and ready to embark on on this journey because it can be at times quite frightening as you mentioned yes i i agree with all that um especially that now that i look back and i know more i believe that person maybe wasn't exactly trained the way and give the attention i think there were too many people there my luck was that there was a woman there and she was his helper. They had helpers. And I don't know why I had this connection with her from the beginning. Not necessarily I talked to her, but I noticed her. And when I was in my deepest, I wasn't asking for the medicine, man. I wanted her. She carried some sort of a light I can't explain. And she she really made a difference in that, you know, journey for me. But I have to agree with what you're saying that, that you have to be really careful who you're doing it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. So yeah, it's just something to be aware of and it's uh, why I've been very waited a long, long time before I even uh, embarked on doing any plant medicine, but I'd love to talk to you a little bit more about, you know, this path, that we're walking as shamanic healers and other alternative healers out there that might be listening in you know as we know we often have some challenges you know that are beyond the ordinary and in many ways those challenges are the catalyst for us to become healers so i'm wondering if you would like to share uh, a little bit more about some of the challenges you've experienced uh, walking this path as a healer. Yes, I agree with that too. I, um, you know, there are like general challenges, you know, I could say since childhood, but there were also more of an initiation challenges in the last four or five years for me, um, you know, as being an empath and a very sensitive person, you know, it's, it's um it's a challenge for my entire life in a way you know i am just learning to use this um uh, for the benefit of myself and others but for many many years um these kind of abilities weren't exactly a gift <laughs> uh, it made life a little bit more uh challenging um but if i want to say you know when i started to um, search more and deep dive into shamanism is where the real challenges started to come up. Um, I could say um, physically, emotionally, mentally, in all levels. And, you know, when we share those challenges, maybe for someone else, it doesn't sound like a challenge because we all have our own shadows we are facing. And, and those are the things, what is the hardest for us to come over? Um, and for me, I could say that those things I didn't even know how difficult it is or I didn't know that 
those situations could be challenging for me. But as I was exposed to it, I found that those are things I just can't almost deal with. I didn't know how to deal with. And those were the things I was running away basically all my life. I didn't even know it, that I was I was um, numbing myself in a way or making myself busy to not face, for example, with with loneliness, to be alone, to really, really be alone um, by myself. And I think that was one of my bigger challenge, um, what life brought me, that suddenly having a family life, you know, I am on my own. And in, for whatever reason, it really terrified me. Um, and that goes back to maybe childhood traumas, who knows what it is. Um, but um, I learned through that, that, you know, being alone is not being lonely. And this time is such a sacred time for us to really get to know ourselves and who we are. And, and that I looked at more as an opportunity to to learn more and do those things I couldn't before. And that is a lot of spiritual work, creative work. Um, then suddenly I was hit with a mystery illness. Um, I say mystery because it is so many symptoms in many levels. Um, but the hardest part was it that um, I, I'm a very active person. I always do things. I love nature. I love to go and walk in the nature. I, I do yoga and I couldn't do any of those things. Um, and it mentally challenged me and physically I was losing weight. I lost appetite and I really tried all the tools I had at the moment and I didn't know the solution. And, um, it, it just opened the door to so many of those darkness within me, what I I think otherwise would not have faced. And I truly believe that sickness taught me the most in my life um, to, to understand this human body and through understanding the human body, understanding earth and, and having the connection to my body is having a great connection to, to the mother, to mother earth. Um, I can't separate the two. I can really see how um, I looked at my body as a living organism and how that is related, how my connection is to earth. And um, I started to put more attention and work on my everyday living, on um, how I connect to earth, um, the elements, the food I eat, how my body is really feeling, what is really want, what is what it want. Not what I think, you know, is the best for it, but what it's what it wants. And um, I think that also one of the most challenging part of that sickness was that somewhere, somehow I knew that the solution is in my hand. Um, I have great helpers. I found wonderful healers um, who helped me, you know, in that path. But it was really me. Um, who who started the healing process. Um, and again, I have that that's where the shadow work came in. I had so many traumas and so many things I had to deal with because I realized that, you know, it's just a physical manifestation what's happening in my body. Um, but it, it started in the energetic level. And where did they those those darkness coming from? Where where is the trauma coming from? What is really the message here? And those are very, very deep questions. Um, and 
I, the other thing was that really the only way to get out of it, to get in and within in myself. And I would say this is one of the hardest thing I ever done. And many times I thought I, I'm not able to do it. It's beyond, beyond my power. Uh, I felt many times powerless and finding my power and the light within me is, is just, um, I just had to pull in more and more tools and, and beliefs and maybe even I would say memories because I know I've done these things before. Uh, I know that I, it's in me. So basically I just had to bring it out of myself. Wow. So I, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah, no, I, I sorry, I interrupted you. I'd love to if there was something. No, I I was actually kind of finishing. I mean, I could go on, but I think I'm, <laughs> I made my point. Well, I, I think it's really beautiful how you've discovered through your illness, the deep connection to your body and how your connection to your body is, is one with the connection with Mother Earth. And um, I don't think anybody has ever quite articulated it that way before. And I, that really resonates with me. And um, I think that's, <clears throat> excuse me, the gift mm -hmm. that you've received from this illness. Yeah, and, and, and these challenges and initiations are an opportunity for us to face our shadow. And um, I guess for people that are not maybe familiar with the term facing your shadow, like, what do you think are some defining examples of, of shadow elements of people? I believe that shadow elements are the part of us which we don't own. Um, mm -hmm. Those are created by traumas. Um, traumas could be even in a womb when, when you know you're unborn in your mother's womb and how you're born and what you went through as a child. and um we all are exposed to traumas and traumas are i think one of our biggest teachers that's why we are here if we wouldn't have traumas we wouldn't have to be on this earth we have to change um, face those challenges and many times as we we are young we just suppress those traumas and we we learn to to go around it and with those traumas um first of all what i realize is that a lot of times we don't even know we're carrying those traumas. We just we just live in a certain way, which you know we learn to live and we feel most importantly safe. We feel safe because we um, learn to cope with certain traumas. So, but they are suppressed. And uh, what I realized that suppressing those traumas are extremely um, draining. Um, it actually is a lot of effort to live life. And, and suppress those traumas. And what I mentioned earlier, this is why um, people are making themselves so busy. And of course, there's many different ways uh, people numb themselves. And it could be just simply food. It could be, you know, a TV show. And of course, we it's a difference between having a nice good meal or eating because I, I have certain emotion coming up and I want to suppress it. Um, and of course, there's a long list what people do, you know, to suppress these traumas, but it's a lot of work. And um, so these traumas also hold some kind of a gift. 
because with this trauma, we basically cut out a part of ourselves. And in shamanism, this is called the soul retrieval. But even in psychology, they have um, the the German or Austrian, I think it was psychologist Young. He he worked um, a lot with with shadow work, and I wish they would actually do that more in modern psychology because I think that so many issues we have is is from these suppressed traumas, and of course, no one wants to face with it and. I only basically faced with it at some level. I think my soul volunteered to do this in this lifetime to heal many karmic, you know, wounds um, in my lineage and also in my own life. And somehow I wasn't listening to it. I wanted to, but I was missing something and I had to be so sick and so put in a corner that I I was kind of, I could say, forced to face with it. And of course, I could have also go different directions. I, I decided myself that I'm not going to work with the best in doctors. You know, I've been uh, doing a lot of energy work, working mainly with herbs or homeopathic things and so many different ways, you know, um, I was actually able to treat myself. But it it was the harder way. It was something I had to research and feel out and it was slower. Um, but it was just the only way I would I would do it. And through these these moments and illness, I the shadow started to come up. And it was coming up relentlessly. And um I think that we always have this is another thing I realized. There's always help and we have to ask for it. And that was one of my trauma that I don't ask for help because I was raised in a way that I was very independent. I learned to take care of myself and not ask for help because it was a lot of times a disappointment um, that I didn't get the help. And from a very young age, I just took care of a lot of my own business. And this is how I learned to live. And it was very difficult for me and to to start to reach out to people and ask for help. Um, And that was one of the healing part of this to to learn that there is help, there is, you know, the divine is with me and and connecting me to the right people. So I I always just get enough help that I could, you know, get to the next challenge and, and face one shadow and then face the other one. And I feel it's so important that people don't do this alone. Um I I get help from from places I never thought I would. And it just it just something really amazing, which makes this healing journey even more beautiful. So, um, and who knows, you know, how many more shadows I have, but I think one of the way we can, we can see the shadow work or measure if you want the shadow work we do is how open my heart is or a heart is. Because I always thought I was a very generous and and kind and caring person, but actually my heart was closed um, in many levels. And facing with these traumas, it really opened my heart. Um, and that is one of the biggest gifts I could say I, I gained from, from all that work I've done. Oh, that's so beautiful. And um, yeah, I really resonate with everything you said um, in my own work and my own personal work and working with clients, I'd say that's probably the top three um, 
challenges or issues that people are dealing with are, are trauma, you know, for sure. Trauma is way up there. And, you know, I myself experienced a, a big trauma about 18 months ago and, and I got help. I was like, I definitely need help. I, <laughs> I contacted a few friends who are healers who helped me. I, I did my own work, my own healing. Um, yeah, sometimes we need help because especially when we've gone through a very big trauma, it's, it's like you're in a state of shock uh, and, and really feeling disconnect, disconnected, lost, confused, disempowered, and, you know, totally dysregulated. All of those things come up. And, you know, in psychological, Western psychological terms, they call disassociation. And um, so, yeah, absolutely getting the help you need. And um, personally, I, you know, I've tried therapists. I recently tried a therapist and realized that for me, I guess because of all the tools I have, that therapy wasn't really mm -hmm. uh, giving me what I needed and decided to just continue with the work that I do and that I know works really well and is, is very expedient, but, uh, I certainly would never, um, uh, discourage people from going to therapy because I think some people can get a lot out of it, but I, I feel now that we're moving into a whole new era of vibrational medicine and, mm -hmm. um, working with frequencies. I can say from my own experience, that uh, I recently did a training with Soundbowl Healing, and it was incredible when we were receiving the sound baths, how I could feel literally my whole parasympathetic nervous system completely relax in a way that I'd never experienced before. And I feel like with people that are in trauma, this is, this is, um, one of the things that happens, they, they are just uh, constantly in fight and flight mode and they don't know how to relax their parasympathetic, parasympathetic uh, nervous system. Yes. So using this vibrational therapy um, is a way that we can do it without having to, to medicate, you know, and I used to have a friend who said, don't medicate, meditate. And there's a lot to that. So I, I, I love what you were saying and, and how those traumas really opened you up to face those shadows. And we do need to do the shadow work if we want to truly heal and transform our lives. So yes. I'd love to ask you now about if you could share one or two tools uh, that have been really effective for you really helped you to get through you know some challenging times in your life or or a daily practice that you use that could be useful to the listeners yeah so definitely i i have a pretty strict i could say daily um practice it's i say strict not in a negative way but i think that discipline is important um because you know our ego and daily life can carry on easily and i if i have to i i wait i really wake up an hour over an hour and a half before i need to do something i i do every day um at least 20 minutes shamatha meditation which is an open eye meditation it's 
one of my mentor teacher is also a Buddhist teacher. Uh, she's also actually a shamanic practitioner, but uh, I, take a, I took a course with her about, it's an open eye meditation. And it's very different from a closed eye meditation. And for me, my, my mind is very active. I'm a very analytical person. Um, and for me, I do closed um, eye meditation, but this is very different. This is actually super challenging. Um, so I don't want to go too much detail in it, but it's, I do 20 minutes of that meditation. And I always pray every morning. I have uh, my morning prayers, reading the directions and other things. And I implemented recently a new practice is, which was, I think for me, so important. Um, I go outside and I sit out on the sun. Um, I have a conversation with the sun. I'm downloading information from the sun. I get the light from the sun. and. I, I like to make it 20 minutes, but honestly, it's, it's now nowadays, sometimes it's only 10 minutes and it, depending on the weather, but the intention is there to, to absorb that light and the beauty from the sun. And I also have a small medicine uh, circle I made in my backyard and that I try to do every, every evening, um, thanking the elements and the directions. It's kind of a closure of my day. And, um, I also want to also go, go out just the formality, like these are the formalities, but my intention is more and more to have my all, whole day as a spiritual uh, worshiping, you know, have the moment when I drink water to recognize water and the energy in it. And, um, and when I look outside my window to, to see that tree and, and the energy of that tree, what is that tree saying to me? And this is perhaps the hardest because, you know, I have this, this, this um, morning meditation and I just don't want to be done with it. And now I go on with my life. But again, I'm trying to be more uh, bringing this, this energetic spirituality into my life. Um, and so that would be my answer to what I do daily. Uh, I also follow the stars. I am pretty skilled in astrology. So I also honor the moon cycles. Um, and I, I do certain ceremonies at full moon and new moon and the solstices and so on. And um, when going back to when I had those really dark moments, and of course, this, what I explained, they kind of, de I developed these um, kind of rituals and practices when I was really sick, to be honest. So it's not something, you know, I was willing, I already had some practices, but it definitely helped me to have a much better and um, more um, uh, predictable schedule of that. So when i had those really dark moments um i think that my biggest biggest help was just to work with the elements and depending on how what it was i just knew what i need uh but i could say that the most um the element i used the most was earth and sometimes just to go outside and literally i just lay down on the bare ground and i would just just holding onto the ground and and pray to Mother Earth, and she heard me. Or I would, if I didn't have the um, 
option to go outside, I would hold to a piece of rock. It doesn't even have to be crystal, just just that piece of rock representing earth. It's so grounding and it's so so comforting. And then there were times when it was water and I just needed to take a shower and and feeling how water was cleansing me and, and helping me to heal, sometimes a bath and also fire. I am actually right now working more with fire and it's part of the sun ritual I do um, is that I'm getting closer to the fire, the fire element, even just a candle uh, to remind us the light and, and the passion and um, energy we have. And then wind is one of my favorite, but wind is all my, usually my, more my everyday element. It wasn't so much a healing element, uh, but the elements really helped me in the dark moments. And for my thank and honor, I really want them to be incorporated more in my life now. And that's why I do these rituals. Wow, Melinda, I'm really, really impressed. And um, those are some awesome ideas for everyone. And of course, you know, um, people can just choose one or two uh, rituals. You know, we can adapt rituals to our lifestyle. For me, I do the seven step practice every morning. And that is uh, really important for me because it allows me to uh, connect, which is the first step to my higher self and to source creator and my helping spirits, grounding into Pachamama, clearing my energy field of anything I might have picked up from any person or place, and uh, gathering my power, centering myself, unifying with the, the field of oneness and the earth ley lines, and finally, um, protecting. And this is a very simple but powerful practice that I do every day. Uh, and it really sets the tone of my day. And I feel like it's, it's a, it's become a non-negotiable, like I have to do it every day. <laughs> yes. So we, we all have um, the ability to bring ritual into our lives, whether you have two minutes or one hour, uh, or you even like Melinda suggested, just taking that moment to honor the water that you're drinking as, as an energy that is coming in to purify your body, even that moment is ritual. So it doesn't have to be complicated, uh, but it, it is about how do we create uh, sacred practices in our lives. So I love that. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. So I wanted to open it up. There's a few people in the live studio. If you'd like to get on a call, uh, you just click on, I think there's like a phone icon that you'll see, and you can enter the studio live if you'd like to ask Melinda a question. So don't be shy. You're welcome to come in and get on the call with us. So Melinda, um, is there anything else you'd like to share uh, with our listeners before before we close the show? I just like to say that I think everybody knows probably who is listening that we are living in such a special times. I think this is this is an opportunity for all of us to heal, to to heal whatever level we we can heal and 
to search deeper within and without and and connect to each other to to believe that you know everybody is really light we all deal with our own traumas and that separates us but but we really are here to help each other and and reaching out to to other people the right people is is so healing and for me besides all what i mentioned was most one of the most healing element of this to get that support from from humans yes absolutely i love that and tell us um tell us about what kind of services you're offering right now now that you you've graduated from uh, the six-month shamanic mentoring program and all the other training you've done i think you're ready to get going so tell us about your services yes i do um individual healing sessions I think one of my gifts, what I discovered, I'm, I'm extremely intuitive and sensitive, so I easily tune on on people's energy field. And, and I think that helps to, to heal the person or guide the person. And of course, I learned many shamanic tools now, uh, drum healing, uh, soul people, and so on, which, which you know could be very beneficial for someone who is ready to heal or want to be in a path. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, especially the, the soul retrieval, which is really beneficial for people that have had trauma, yes. traumatic experiences. So that that's a very powerful healing tool. And the drum healing is really beautiful, very grounding and um, allows uh, negative energy to be dispersed away from the person and um, yeah, I really have enjoyed working with Melinda and seeing her growth. Um, she's really become such an incredible healer, and I'm really excited to see what's next for you, Melinda. Really thank excited. Thank you. You're so welcome, and thank you for coming on the show. If you, if folks, if you want to get a hold of her, I will put it in the notes when the show is published. But um, her Facebook. Uh, is is her name Melinda Genesee G E N E S Y, and um, her email is Melinda dot at gmail.com So you can reach out to her if you're in Florida, because Melinda is based in West Palm Beach, Florida. Definitely um, book in with Melinda for a very special uh, healing session with her. And um, yeah, I'm excited. Are you are you doing are you planning to do any workshops in the near future by any chance or? Um, this is something developing in me. I'm not ready yet, but but I will do that when I'm ready. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure people would love to learn from you and all the tools you've learned along the way. And yeah, I think that would be amazing if you could uh, put something together in the near future. So thanks everyone for listening in. And um, I also have some special programs coming up here in Puerto Escondido, Mexico, as well as online. So check out uh, Spirit Weaver, W-E-A-V-E-R, Journeys with an S dot com to find out more about the programs I'm offering in the future. And um, it's just been great to have you on the show, Melinda. Thank you so much. Thank you thanks, so much, everyone. Michelle. Thank you so You're much. You're welcome. And thanks everyone for listening and please support the show. Buy me a cup of coffee. Um, 
I, I don't make any money on this show. So whatever donations you guys want to give would be awesome. And um, until next time, remember embodying your higher self tools for conscious living and every we're going to try to keep going with this every week so everybody can really get the support they need and uh, learn from experts like melinda so thanks again everybody for your support and lots of love have a wonderful day or night wherever you are bye bye